one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello there, movie truthers. It's Michael Leader here, hosting another one of these strange and unusual Truth and Movies podcasts out here in isolation world. Tonight, though, I'm joined by Hannah Woodhead. Hannah, welcome to the show. Hi, Michael. So last time I spoke with David and we did a bit of a dad pod talking about being a film fanatic father during these times. Tonight I think we should talk about how we're just approaching films in general during our lockdown experiences. We have, many of us have more time than ever to dedicate to watching films but it's not actually as simple as watching films in our spare time anymore, is it? Yeah, I think that um, for, certainly for you and me and Adam and David it's always been the case that in any given week apart from when we're at festivals we kind of have a to-do list and it usually centres around new releases um, but nowadays there aren't a great number of new releases and the ones that are coming out tend to be things that um, we've already covered on home ends or things mm. that just we wouldn't cover anyway so it's it's um, a time for reflection and uh, regathering, regrouping, I guess. And a lot of people would expect that, you know, film journalists must be loving this quarantine time because it's a time to catch up on the past hundred years of cinema. But um, everyone, all my friends are kind of coming to me for suggestions of what to watch. And I just don't really don't really know where to start with it for them. So have you been watching much during the last month or so now i have been watching a lot but i would say that doesn't really include films um wow. like i before the before lockdown started i was very proud of myself i was doing about two or three films a day which for me is unprecedented like normally i'll maybe do you know nine a week which is still a lot but not as much as some people do mm-hmm. but yeah i was very i was very like thinking you know this year I'm going to really make an effort and then lockdown came along and I I don't know I kind of uh, I think like a lot of people just spiralled a bit and didn't really know what to do with myself and somehow it didn't seem as important to watch you know some I'm trying to think of a ubiquitous director you know it, it didn't seem as important to watch a Noah Baumbach film or a uh, Spike Jones film I just you know wanted to kind of lie on my bed and not think about anything so I immediately the first thing I reached for was um, TV which mm. I think a lot of people are in the same boat right now you kind of go to the familiar and so I've watched in the space of 
four weeks now I'm going in this is my fourth week in in well third week in lockdown fourth week in self-isolation social distancing world and I've watched six seasons of Buffy and I think probably seven or eight seasons of The Simpsons so that that I mean that's a lot of man hours they've gone into that um and I think in the same space of time I've maybe watched about gosh maybe seven or eight films so that's where we're at <laughs> you know set aside this, this this whole conversation just having the time to sink so many viewing hours into all that telly is something that we not would necessarily have the time for during our work life anyway because we would have to watch these new releases or films we're reviewing or talking about on the podcast so actually that's that's pretty good going Hannah yeah yeah I think I'd be more impressed with myself if I hadn't already seen all of Buffy Uh and the Simpsons you know it does feel a bit like I um it's it's you know wasting man hours I guess (laughs) rewatching something you know a lot of people have been tweeting that they've uh, finally started watching Mad Men or The Sopranos or The Wire which are all shows I haven't ever seen but they seem so committed and so involved and you can't really tune out whilst you're watching them whereas Buffy I kind of roughly know the shape of it and The Simpsons the same I've, I've seen these episodes you know upwards of 10 times so there's a kind of like familiarity but you also get this I guess a new appreciation <laughs> for uh, these like you know golden age of television shows which I mean they, they really do hold up they're still great um, mm. and I think they're so kind of removed from not only the present day but the present situation it is just like pure escapism in the way that I think Sometimes, I guess if I'm watching a film, I'm in the back of my mind thinking about my work and, you know, my friends and the cinemas and the festivals that I'm not going to get to go to. And it kind of makes me a bit sad. So <laughs> just, you know, retreating into the world of television. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's the perfect thing to do. And I guess on, on my side, I touched on this a little bit with David on our dad pod. Um, I don't necessarily have this open pasture of free time <laughs> that some of maybe you know my, my younger colleagues or colleagues without families have um, my partner and I well she has been furloughed now but I'm still working full time sometimes that work spills out into the evenings because we're apportioning our time so that at least some of us get breaks or time to sleep we've got a toddler who's teething so is wakeful in the <laughs> evenings so we maybe have an hour at best instead of two to watch a film And I'm finding it very easy to just let my viewing habits be guided by the other members of the household. So as with the dad pod, I've watched a lot of CBeebies. Um, (laughs) Could very easily, you know, I'll I'll drop a very quick update of of the last two weeks where Ivo is now very much into a Blink Industries uh, short musical comedy series called Teddles in which there are five episodes in which a little animated teddy bear learns some sort of basic daily routine or habit, like washing their hands or cleaning their teeth. The washing your hands episode has recently gone very viral, given the situation we're in. However, 
they're five episodes of about two or three minutes long and he wants to watch it on a loop (laughs) (laughs) so we've watched that mini series hundreds of times now or then in the evenings my partner's been re-watching Girls from the beginning the the, the HBO series and that's one that she's watched but now it's it's been ten years since she watched it and that's almost like a comfort thing of rediscovering how Adam Driver was introduced to the world which has been (laughs) quite a fun thing rediscovering and I feel a little bit like I've been letting the side down because I've only watched maybe three films since um, we started I started working from home and then we started being locked down and they are very much catch-up films or easy films to watch so we took advantage of the early home release of The Hunt and watched that one Friday night and then finally got around to watching Hustlers so not necessarily the um, the hardcore <laughs> side of things I saw that Curzon today announced that they're putting up all of Saturn Tango the Bellatar epic length film if people want to spend a whole day watching that film and I, I don't know if I'm going to have the stamina for that. No, I think that um, more power to anyone that is using this time to get through those, can, you know, they get through their showers and their uh, uh, Wiseman backhogs. But um, <laughs> I, it is one of those things where I think I have to admit to myself at a certain point, even with all the time in the world, there are certain things I'm not going to do. Mm. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I think that that is one of them. Um but I mean, the the strange one of the strangest things for me is the amount of guilt I feel over this, and you know, especially with social media kind of being our only real method of communicating with one another at the moment, um, apart from the telephone. But you know, really, the only person I speak to on the phone is my mum and the bank. So the you know, I'll go on social media and I'll see people who are watching upwards of you know two, three, four films a day, and. Oh, I, I've stopped going on Letterbox completely because it's just too, it's too overwhelming. You know, I feel I feel so kind of like I'm wasting my time, I guess, and really not a committed film fan. But I guess one of the kind of big lessons in during all this, and not just with film, but with everything, I think, is that um, living in London I think particularly makes you function in a certain way and makes you feel like you have to be going a thousand miles an hour at all times in all aspects of your life and if you're not then you're somehow not succeeding so I've had to kind of really latch on to the fact that it is fine during a global pandemic to not like catch up on all your viewing and finally get through the Tarkovsky films and fill all the gaps in my Kubrick collection like it is okay if I come out of this and I don't feel like I've just done an MA in film studies I suppose that is our professions equivalent to all those tweets going around about this is the time to finally go from couch to 10k or this is your time <laughs> to finally write your novel or didn't Shakespeare write King Lear during the plague or whatever it was yeah that was all very week one (laughs) lockdown content wasn't it but now we're four weeks plus into it we we realize there's there's a longer a slower burn to this yeah and i think even beyond that i think we're all kind of realizing now that whatever shape the world takes when we come out of this it won't be quite the same for quite a while so there isn't really a rush it's not like you have to fit everything into you know the next three weeks because you're probably going to have 
free time on your hands in the future you know there's probably not going to be as many kind of certainly i think for for our industry there's not going to be as many film festivals or if there are film festivals it's going to be kind of in a different way or different shape so i think we're all going to have to learn to live at a bit of a different pace and <laughs> I, I in particular i think we'll find that difficult i'm very much i'm not a slow cinema person i like my cinema fast and uh it's you know i think but at the same time that's one of the great kind of problems i think that's facing um us as people who have to tell people what to watch but also viewers is that there's there's so much out there and i didn't really appreciate how much was out there until i was faced with that as my only option of um watching films i think i've become very much because I love going to cinema so much, I became very reliant on that. And, you know, I'd be going to cinema three or four times a week if that's just as a baseline. But now I'm beholden to my DVD collection and the streaming platforms, of which there seem to be an infinite number, which, you know, I, I, I always, in the back of my mind, kind of knew these things existed, but I feel like they've all been really thrown in my face the past couple of weeks. At any point over the last couple of weeks in between the episodes of Buffy and the Simpsons, have you ever gone on any of those streaming services and tried to have a look and find something to watch? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, at least a few times a week, I'm kind of um, trying to keep on. I mean, I have the silly thing is as well, I have subscriptions to all these services and I just don't really use them. I don't utilize them. I have I have Netflix, which I do use quite a lot. And I use Amazon a fair amount. But I have a movie account. I have a... um, Disney account now, which I got for you for watching for the express purpose of watching The Simpsons. I have a Criterion account. I have all these streaming platforms, which are costing me not an inconsiderable amount of money a month, and I can't bring myself to um, drop them because I feel like I'm betraying cinema. I'm betraying the aspiration that I could one day go on movie or go on Criterion and and decide I'm going to watch everything that's on there. But I am I totally kind of overwhelmed a lot of the time by just the sheer volume of choice that's out there you know it's not even just picking a film on a platform now it's picking a platform in the first place yeah even when we're not in this sort of lockdown stressful light buzz anxiety inducing situation it's hard to decide what to watch when you sit down in front of your telly and you're at the very first hurdle is deciding which even platform to boot up and to scroll through and it's become a, you know very oft repeated you know joke that you could very easily spend the length of a long runtime film the irishman for example just deciding <laughs> what to watch on netflix before then realizing that it's already two in the morning and you should go to bed anyway but there's something now about just the the sort of magnitude of that choice. And I think that, to their credit, the streaming services are really stepping up to the plate in these times. We've mentioned Curzon already, you know, the Curzon Home Cinema platform, where they are not only bringing films that were meant to go into cinemas, they're bringing them to the platform as exclusives. They're doing exclusive Q&As that they're broadcasting across their network. They are bringing stuff like the Bellatar films <laughs> um, to your home that you can watch at your own speed. Mubi uh, not only are bringing films earlier onto the platform, but just the idea of having a prescribed, here's your one recommended film a day. There's something really valuable there. 
I haven't been on Netflix in a while, to be honest, because Netflix is probably what paralyzes me is when you go on it and then you're just, it's all of those slices of choice and it's quite hard yeah. to navigate through. Netflix have started sending me emails now because it's been so long since I've used the platform um, because I started using Disney for, and I, I really hate that I got a Disney account for watching The Simpsons, but I also felt really bad pirating The Simpsons mm -hmm. <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why, you know, I know how much Disney are worth. Really, if there's any company you could steal from, it's Disney. But um, I, yeah, I, I've been alternating between that and between Amazon now for three or four weeks. So Netflix are clearly feeling the... Um, the, the absence of me watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episodes over and over again <laughs> and, have, and have started to send me emails asking me to come back. <laughs> the one but, thing, the one ace that um, Netflix have up their sleeve is they now have all of those Studio Ghibli films they made such noise about acquiring earlier in the year. Yes. And that's one thing. I wouldn't class them as viewings of films that I've done over the last couple of weeks, but with my other podcast hat on as co-host of Ghibliotech, we did a, a couple of these Twitter watch-alongs where we watched My Neighbor Totoro and then Kiki's Delivery Service whilst tweeting along with, with other viewers and that was really fun, it felt nice and communal and again we decided to choose perhaps their more accessible, friendly <laughs> yeah, lighter you films you don't want to go into like a, a Grave of the Fireflies. I mean, that's not on Netflix anyway. But mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to go in like hardcore first time round. You know, exactly. everyone sobbing on the <laughs> third or fourth. And I know. I see, I, I see that. Of course, Little White Lies are doing Dumb and Dumber this week, which again is something David, that is uh, familiar, quotable, and yeah. I think I've been thinking about this a lot because there have been so many of these watch parties since lockdown kind of started and I think uh, some more successful than others I will say I think there are certain qualities to a film that have you know it has to have in order for these to be successful and I think it, that kind of recognizability is like a key um element of it whether it is something like um Kiki's Delivery Service or Dumb and Dumber that is just kind of you know you say the name people know what that is straight away or if it's something like Mubi did one for Southland Tales which I joined in mm -hmm. with which was so fun because the people that love that film really love that film they really and not only do they really love it they want everyone else to love it as much as they do mm -hmm. so it was just a lot of kind of nerdy um Richard Kelly fans and Richard Kelly himself tweeting out like the most insane tidbits of information about that film which you know you, you definitely wouldn't have got if we hadn't been in this weird situation so I've been really enjoying watching people and also I think watching other people enjoy these Twitter parties has been really lovely you know kind of getting a sense for what your friends <laughs> enjoy watching and how they interact <laughs> with films whilst they're watching films is really like an interesting thing for me to see happening on the timeline. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. It is interesting. Of course there's the very real and quite potentially upsetting realities of what this is doing to the cinema industry the film industry because so much talk this week about how or whether can will go ahead this year in what form all of the cinemas that have been put under threat by having to close for an indefinite amount of time but though seeing these watch parties these watch longs these tweet alongs the people who are given the time to engage with cinema in a way they don't usually aren't usually allowed to has been a great leveler in a way because the, the, if you think about what the hierarchy was a mere four weeks ago was that film critics got to see a film maybe three days before the public <laughs> and then write about it and put a star rating on whereas now everybody's in the same boat in a way yeah i think there is a kind of you know you'll have these big name critics kind of tweeting about the same films as you know teenagers from you know middle of nowhere and I think that has been a real kind of everyone indulging their kind of basic base at the very core their basic love of film I think has been a really like nice thing to see I I don't know if I think that in some ways Twitter at least the kind of filmy corner that I look in it does seem a little bit less antagonistic and Mm. I don't know if that's because we just don't have as many things to argue about or if (laughs) or if people have got you know kind of bigger fish to fry they've kind of realised you know there are much greater problems in the world right now than whether or not you know someone has the same opinion as you on a film having said that i mean i'm just thinking that when the first stills from dune uh, dropped the other day the arguments that were popping up left right and center about that so it is nice that still despite despite a pandemic despite a you know international lockdown people will still find time to argue about uh, denny villeneuve on the timeline <laughs> that's that's lovely i like the consistency there Timothy Chalamet still has the power to break <laughs> the, pa- the internet. <laughs> the power to divide the masses. So such ire aimed at such a sweet-faced little boy. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I was kind of heartened to see that maybe... I think there's, there is, like you say, there's so much kind of worry about what is going to happen when uh, we come out the other side of this. But I, one thing that I did think definitely will remain the same, if not be even more so is that people still love movies and they still want to see movies mm-hmm. and they want to watch movies with their friends I think is really the 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 key thing that I'm getting out of all this is I mean my favorite experiences during this lockdown have been watching films with my friends via um Netflix or Twitter or whatever um I think that uh, you know you were saying earlier that it's easier sometimes to just kind of go along with the family (laughs) decision about what's going to be watched and I'm finding the same it's just a lot it's a lot easier for me to let someone else just decide what I'm going to watch for me maybe I should just get Twitter to make all my viewing decisions I think that that would be 
you know, maybe take some of the stress out of my life at the moment. But, you know, I've only watched a handful of films during lockdown, but I think the majority have been selected by someone else. And I've had kind of a good time every single time with that. It's funny you mention asking Twitter to uh, decide your viewing habits for you, because we did ask before we went to record this episode for people to tweet in how they've been spending their 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 time with with watching films so we have a couple of tweets here we could read out i'd like to start with uh, connor holt who is watching old favorites on dvd but with director commentaries and also cheesy cult films like chopping mall dolomite and return of the living dead yeah i i love the idea of watching them with direct commentaries I was actually thinking about doing that earlier today with um, the infamous Armageddon, Ben Affleck director, uh, well he's not the director but you know, with his commentary that kind of went viral for how uh, acerbic he is in his uh, comments about that film Yeah, digging out some of those old double disc DVD sets that maybe have been gathering dust at the back of a cupboard somewhere The Lord of the Rings extended edition cast commentary one oh, of the all-time really? greats. I remember quoting that incessantly with my friends in high school. Like that. I mean, that's like a next-level nerdiness. Like you quote the film, and that's bad enough. You quote the extended version, that's like next level. And then quoting the extended edition cast commentary track is like, come on now, <laughs> leave the house. <laughs> like... <laughs> well, they can't. They can't yeah. um, Alexander Cronenberg in a similar way has been falling back on comfort nostalgia watching films by Nora Ephron starring Nick Cage or the Indiana Jones trilogy which I think they were all shown on BBC over the weekend for Easter weekend over here and they're all on iPlayer now and I saw a lot of people going going to those films yeah I was I was watching that I was watching the yeah or we don't acknowledge the existence of Crystal Skull in my household but um yeah I watched about half of um Last Crusade and uh, was surprised at how many people chipped in when I tweeted about it. I think it's it's very much the same kind of every, everyone in the United Kingdom all like vegging out on their sofa on Sunday morning, just staring at, blankly at Sean Connery and uh, Harrison Ford. It's quite nice. It was quite a communal atmosphere. But um, there's a comment we got from uh, I'm I'm probably going to butcher this name, so I'm really sorry in advance. But uh, from Guillaume. Buko, Buko, uh, and he says priority goes to the rentals uh, brackets ninety nine p rentals on iTunes and movie movies that leave the service. Then I try and have a retrospective uh, to have one film a day to watch. So he's done the Godzilla films and now he's doing Samuel Fuller, and then for the rest he picks what's at hand. He's on thirty five movies a week. Wow, <laughs> that is. I, I mean, I I, I really. Uh, tip my hat to that kind of fortitude that kind of attention span I think is incredible but also being able to shift gears or have multiple tracks through your viewing there's a tweet I know you sent me Anna which was from Clark Perry where he's talking about having to pivot between watching with his 10 year old daughter so lighter mainstream films um, and then when the daughter's gone to bed. You can have late night solo viewing with deep, weird, cult, obscure, bizarro films, which <laughs> sounds about right, really. But it's amazing to think that we yeah, have to think on many levels depending on who's around. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, finding something that pleases different age groups, different um, tastes, I think is always the hardest part of, and that's why I tend to avoid group viewings because I often find that things I want to watch never really match up with the things that other people want to watch. <clears throat> so finding something that's going to really, you know, work for everyone is impossible. The only, I, my mum and I usually watch a couple of films at Christmas and I remember this year going home and I took my stack of screeners for her, which is, you know, a sizable number of films. And she watched Knives Out with my little sister and she hated it. And I was very upset about that because I think Knives Out was great. But then we watched uh, Uncut Gems together and she had no, I don't think she really had any idea what was going on, but um, she really enjoyed it. And I just kind of, you know, breathed this massive sigh of relief because I was like, if you hated that film, I don't know what I would have done with myself. But ordinarily, it's, it's even with my housemates, there's quite a lot of us and uh, I tend to avoid watching films with them just because I really don't like the pressure of feeling like if I show someone a film and they don't like it, then they're going to, you know, feel like I've wasted their time or something. I, I know what you mean. And now that we're ha I'm having many family group um, video calls over the weekends, they usually turn to me at one point in those calls and say, so what film should we all watch this weekend? Michael, thinking that I'd be the font of all knowledge. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, often I just sort of sh bat that question away. My family in general didn't like Knives Out. Um, and instead I just sort of um, delegate to somebody else. And maybe my dad will talk about watching what he calls the Manchurian, the new Star Wars series that's on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Is that um, like a, a nice, I a, a nice blend of uh, Mancunian and Mandalorian there. <laughs> oh yeah, so what? In, inside the Boba Fett type costume, it's actually what? Who, who could be in there? Uh, Liam Gallagher, Coronation Street, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Gail from Coronation Street. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love that. What a twist that would be! <laughs> you know, I think beneath the voice changer, it's just a really broad like. You know, a, a good Mancunian accent. That's what that show is really missing for me at the moment. <laughs> yeah. But a, a lot of these comments we were getting are people saying that either they're going for a very curated selection on somewhere like Mubi, or they're doing comfort viewing of films they already know. There are some people out there, I, I'll give a shout out to Sam Clements, who <laughs> sent us his several piles of Blu-rays. He's a champion Blu-ray collector anyway, anyone who's seen his shelves that he posts pictures of. But he has multiple stacks that he's working through with his wife as as the days go on. I'm so impressed by that, that commitment and the themes that he has going on there as well. <laughs> exactly. And he gets up early. I've seen him on Instagram saying that he's watching films at half seven. Oh, God. And some people go for a run. Some people do their Joe Wicks exercises. Some people will watch a film before their nine o'clock Zoom with their workmates. <laughs> you know, and, you know, fair play to him. I, you know, I, I mean, I really do. I, I uh, have the utmost respect for people who are managing to kind of keep up with their viewing in this time of... Uh, chaos i think it you know i mean and i think for a lot of people that are doing that it is like a sense of routine and it, it does create a feeling of accomplishment when you manage to you know tick a few films off your watch list i mean certainly for me the few films i have watched uh, that were new to me i've watched a lot 
<laughs> I, I've watched some films which aren't new to me and to my deep shame actually I mean I'm not even ashamed of it I just think it was way it was it was time that I probably could have spent doing something more productive by what I rewatched the first two Pirates of the Caribbean movies mm. at the beginning of all this and I, I deeply enjoyed them and had a great time but definitely didn't need to be done you know kind of uh, straight away but I feel like there is a sense of you know I, I've done something productive when I watch a film that I've been meaning to watch for quite a while did you watch Paris Caribbean just because it was on Disney Plus or was there a reason to go for those two films? No, I think I, I, I think that someone on Twitter had mentioned Jeffrey Rush and uh. I think it might have been Karen Han even. Someone had mentioned a scene... No, you know what it was? I, this is me remembering you know, back a month now. Is Vulture published an article about um, the line reading from the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie when Jeffrey Rush says, you best start believing in ghost stories. You're in one, uh-huh. yeah, to, to Kira Knightley. And I was like, oh, those movies were really great. So I decided to rewatch the first two because I think those are the, the best two by some margin. And um, I, I mean, I had a great time. And when I mentioned it on Twitter, a lot of people kind of weighed in and were like, yeah, those are really good movies. Even though they are all like two and a half hours long very long kids movies which definitely like watching it back now in my late 20s i just am amazed that i ever had the patience to sit through that at the cinema because you know i was like 12 or 13 at the time and i guess you you kind of forget that when something really grabs your attention at that age you have no idea you got to all concept of time disappears and that's now the high the high bar for me in cinema that's what i'm trying to recreate that feeling of, of time just vanishing completely and meaning nothing anymore terrific and now johnny depp is on instagram if you really want to go down there oh god not. no definitely not no Ugh, no thank you i think that that the one of the problems is at home and this is one of the things i miss most about the cinema is that you know there's always a kind of distraction and whether it is you know having a small child <laughs> that you've got to kind of pay attention to or just you know the fact that there there's always kind of tidying to be done or washing to be done or you know something in the garden that needs fixing there's just no off switch in the way that i think at least when i go to the cinema you know i would turn my phone off and put it in my bag and i know that for the next two three hours nothing is going to come between me and a film which is not something i can really say when i'm at home that's true and but also the fact that when you buy your ticket you take the ride you have to go and be there at an appointed time and that's your evening whereas if you're watching it at home someone can call you halfway through or the baby could wake up or yeah 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 and i mean there's no kind of um impetus to carry on at home if if you you know if something is boring or something is um a bit of a slog you, you you know you don't have to stick with it like you kind of do at the cinema i'm one of those people that would never walk out of a film so if i you know if i'm there i'm there and i'm going to watch it no matter how awful it is whereas at home i will turn things off if i'm not enjoying it so you know there'll be films that i can't think of any off the top of my head but the, there will be films that i'll never know if it got better or not because mm-hmm. <laughs> i just give up halfway through and i think that's what i'm missing is, is the commitment <laughs> you know the the fact that when i'm at the cinema it really does I, I i put myself give myself over completely to it and i can't i just can't do that at home well, maybe this could be your goal is you could apply that commitment to The Simpsons and go all the way through 
20 oh odd se- seasons my plan at the moment is to stop when i get to um around 10 or 11 because i'm on nine at the moment so i've not got far okay. to go and i think that's when it really i, I would say nine is the last of the golden age simpsons <laughs> okay. a lot of people i've been having a lot of debates about when the golden age simpsons finished which has been lovely i've been enjoying much enjoying those debates but I think really, the, I mean, the big goal for me is to actually just watch some more films. I said mm-hmm. this is the perfect time to get through the backlog of DVDs and Blu-rays I have that are still sitting in their cellophane wrappers. This mm-hmm. is really like, you know, at, le- at least watch a few of them <laughs> instead of just staring at them every single day and then pressing play on another episode of The Simpsons, which is, you know, great comforting viewing. And I am kind of appreciating a lot more and, now I'm older and kind of get the jokes and get the references <laughs> especially with the cinema references you know there are things that I never would have caught the first time I watched those episodes so it is like as a as a cinema fan it's a, it's a true show to go back mm-hmm. on and look at and really enjoy and get a lot out of but it does feel like it's it's not really work it's you know I could I could be trying a little bit harder <laughs> I think we could easily reconvene in a few weeks and see whether I've cracked five or six films viewed and then see whether <laughs> you've weaned yourself off The Simpsons and onto the cellophane wrapper Blu-ray pile. If I've managed to watch any foreign language films, which is, for me, like those are the ones I struggle with the most because you, you do have to pay attention because it's subtitled and you have to be you know, in it. Whereas at least if it's a film in English, I can, I can look away or be doing i'm really into doing um macrame at the moment so i'm like doing a lot of like making plant holders and you can't really do that and pay attention to a film at the same time so if i if we come back and i've got through all the one car Wai films that i've been saying i'm going to watch for like the past five years yeah. <laughs> you know we'll know we'll know that it's been a far more productive back half of the uh, the lockdown well I know that we are both terrible examples of how to watch films during a lockdown but <laughs> We, I think we've teased out some tips there, mainly from our Sterling listeners who've sent in what they're doing. But it's amazing to think that people are setting themselves, I don't want to say syllabuses, that's maybe too formal, but setting themselves goals. Filmmakers, let's watch all those Steven Spielberg films I've never seen before. Let's work my way through that franchise. A friend of mine who's always been a Marvel Cinematic Universe skeptic has actually started from the beginning and said, what are the ones I should prioritise over others? Do I need to watch them all in chronological order? which is exciting that people are going out of their comfort zone into different comfort zones for others. I think that's, you know, the the key here, and it's something that I think a couple of people have touched on as well, is manageable goals, I think is, you know, really what you need to be setting yourself. And you can reassess them in a few days or a few weeks and see how well that's working. But if you set yourself, you know, the goal of watching every single Hitchcock film or something I don't know how many films Hitchcock made it felt like a lot then you know you might be disappointed whereas if you set yourself you know here are 10 films I'm going to watch in the next two weeks that feels a lot more a lot easier and a lot less like you know you're forcing yourself to do something and a lot more kind of like you're trying to reconnect with your love of film I'm I'm mainly just giving myself a pep talk here on how I can rediscover my love of cinema which feels like it's gone out of the window because it can feel a bit trivial in times of and I think this isn't just coronavirus related I think generally like sometimes as a film journalist you do kind of think 
what does you know does film criticism matter does what i'm doing matter is this really enriching the world that we live in and i think it's kind of you know it's perfectly reasonable to feel upset that you know or like that films aren't enough at the moment it's you know it's everyone could kind of do with being a little less hard on themselves i think is is the key (laughs) and yeah films are an escape from that yeah for for however long they last (laughs) i like to round this off are there any films that we would recommend or maybe a, an approach to finding films that we'd recommend did you have anything in mind that yeah you'd people to go and watch? for sure yeah i mean i mentioned that i'd done a couple of group watches which i really enjoyed and i definitely would recommend so i watched uh mike mills 20th century women with some friends of mine that's on american netflix and i think it might be on prime as well um which i, I really enjoyed and i wish i'd kind of come to that sooner it's not a very old film i think it was only 2016 but i think it's a really kind of poignant and not too um heavy film i mean it's sad but it's not like you know you're not going to be kind of throwing yourself into the ocean at the end of it film um and good for group watch i think as well if you're looking for something to kind of satisfy uh different age groups different tastes it's kind of drama with comedy and annette benning is fantastic in it as she always is um and the other one i'd recommend which is another group watch is um jonathan glazer's birth which has like an all-time great Nicole Kidman performance, and um, I just—I mean—I didn't really know what to expect from that film, and then it—it it just kind of—it's a very straightforward story in a lot of ways. It's you know, I'd say it's—it's it's nothing like Sexy Beast or uh, Under the Skin mm-hmm. at all. Um, but also, I mean, those are good films to watch because both of those directors have got upcoming projects. So, <laughs> very good you know, point. if you want to kind of get a jump on. Uh, what might end up being next year's can now <laughs> then you know you get in on the ground floor with them and also they both of them have got very small filmographies so if you're looking for something that's not going to feel like a huge project mike mills and uh, jonathan glazer really good places to start i think and i think at least birth we've discussed on the podcast before i think that was our episode on the goldfinch yes oh club. yes of course yes yeah that so you can go really back and listen to that conversation we had so you can go back <laughs> through the archive i'd recommend i think we touched on this earlier where if you log on to netflix it's all just very overwhelming because it's just so much content that they're pushing in your face so we've mentioned the bfi player movie curzon with more curated offerings i'd recommend checking out all four particularly the Film 4 offering, which most people seem to forget exists. It's not been around for much longer than six months, really. But they've got a really good selection of films at the moment, and they refresh it every every time there's a film on Channel 4E4, Film 4. Currently, there's a really great range of stuff on there, like animated films like My Life as a Courgette, which is great if you're doing your Celine Siama um, <laughs> complete filmography. She wrote the screenplay for that stop-motion animated film. In fact, it's the only Cesar Award that she won for adapted screenplay, uh, which is in some ways a travesty, but also <laughs> a, nice, a nice trivia tidbit. Um, Mary and the Witch's Flower, which is from Studio Ponock, who are the spin-off studio from Studio Ghibli. That film is up there as well. As well as... Um, lots of recent gems and classics from the Film 4 library. So you mentioned Birth, Hannah, Sexy Beast, Jonathan Glazer's debut is on all four right now. Also films like Bavarian Sound Studio, Duke of Burgundy, Local Hero, which is a film that 
when that was on telly over the weekend there was a weird moment around it where people were saying this is the heartwarming film that we need right now um, <laughs> I'm thinking of um, Sexy Beast is the quarantine movie we need right now <laughs> more than anything just the the shot of uh, ray winston lying on the sun lounger is very relatable at the moment for me (laughs) i'd say as well um something we should definitely mention is that we're still doing the little i lies um movie matchmaking service so if people Mm. are wanting to find something but don't know where to start then drop us a line um the details are on the website i'm not gonna be able to recite them top of my head but um we'll you know we'll do our best if you send us an email saying what kind of thing you're into then we'll find something for you to watch and i've been really enjoying responding to those emails i think that's been nice for me to just kind of connect with other people for a start but also remind myself of some kind of films that i have been meaning to watch or films that i really like and that i had kind of forgot existed like uh, edge of 17 the uh the, the teen comedy with Haley steinfeld it's a, it's a great movie and uh i recommended that to someone recently and they were like oh my god uh i watched it with my kids and we all loved it and i was really like felt a real sort of sense of accomplishment in sending that out into the world so yeah please, please do drop us on we'd love to hear from you listeners thank you for tuning in let us know what you're watching how you're coping what tasks and goals and ambitions you're setting yourself during this phase at at Truth and Movies on Twitter, at LWLies on Twitter, or at, by email at truthandmovies at tcolondon.com. Hannah, thanks for joining me. It's been really fun talking with you. Another one of these late night, after hours, cosy conversations. Um, I'm Michael Leader. As always, this has been a Seven Digital production. Thank you for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.